0: Boxed, ready for Saturday morning's
1: Greyhound Racing Wrap. Across Victoria, RSN 927 is talking Greyhounds. Here's Simone Fisher. Good morning to you on this winter's morning, the 15th of June. I have a busy show lined up today with Queensland's John Brash to talk about group racing action from Albion Park. Jess Hopkins will chat about that run at Hillsville a couple of weeks ago, and racing to rehomes Briley Bailey will talk about her role as a greyhound foster carer. What's making news around the kennels. Heats of the Gold Cup and Flying Amy Features were run at Albion Park on Thursday night. The Victorians fared well, although they do have some stiff competition from the locals next week. I'll have more shortly with John Bunny Brash. The Silver Collar at Manukau, New Zealand last Sunday was won by the Australian bred and favourite Dinah Weslin, a daughter of Xylia Allen. It was an Australian bred trifecta with Shooters Hill and Van de Gambo filling the minor placings. Fast Track is now showing the number of nominations for meetings on the calendar page, which is hoping will be of better assistance to trainers when deciding where to enter their dogs. This supersedes the old system of having to click through a number of screens to see the number of nominations. The Meadows are preparing for Christmas in July every Saturday night in July. If you have a Christmas sweater or even a onesie, you are encouraged to wear it as there are prizes for the best dressed. And the Gap Adoption Day coming up at Sandown on Saturday the 22nd of June from 1 till 3 is at capacity. But if you are looking to adopt a retired chaser, every day is Adoption Day at the Seymour Kennels or listen out for upcoming Adoption Days. RSN 927's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher. And this morning I have the pleasure of having Albion Park's race caller, John Bunny Brash, on the show. Good morning, John.
0: Simone, good morning to you. Good morning to your listeners.
1: What a fabulous night of racing it was at Albion Park Thursday night. Um, some outstanding calls there from you, some very excited calls as well, but you must have been thrilled to be calling some of those races.
0: Yes, Simone, in-depth Thursday night was one of the uh, the best programs I've seen at Albion Park for many a year. And it did throw up a few surprises and uh, it did throw up a few expectations. And as we lead into the finals of the Flying Amy and Gold Cup next week, we really look forward to those two finals uh, next Thursday night.
1: Sure do. The Victorians fared quite well, but um, we'll have a quick look at the Flying Amy. The box draw came out last uh, on Thursday night after the race. well done there to the club. Um, Black Opium drawn the red, and um, she's run second in two group ones here in Victoria. Just, she was very impressive, wasn't she?
0: She certainly was. It was about third away, but then she quickly mustered speed, was able to go to the lead shortly there after the start, and uh, she put the issue beyond doubt at the first corner and ran 29 and 54. Simone, that's within probably a half a dozen of the best runs ever at Albion Park over the 520 metres.
1: Wow, wow. We knew she had so much ability. She showed that very early on as just a pup, really. Um, This could be her Group 1.
0: Yes, uh, she's come up with the red in the final, believe it or not, and uh, on that... She, she looks mighty hard to beat.
1: Now a couple of other runs, um, I'm not being biased towards the Victorians but I th- thought um, Seneki at 29.80 there, this Greyhound uh, ran second in the Silver Chief and it's already run won a group two at Albion Park and it was a tough win from Seneki.
0: Seneki had to work for the win, was three wide going down the back straight but Classy was able to work to the lead coming off the back and then came away over the final part and in that derby when he scored here not too long ago, he ran 29.53. So if you're taking a your line under Black Opium, she ran 29.54 last night. And Seneki in the derby final ran 29.53. So on times at Albion Park, there's not a lot between them. And he's come up with a visitor's box, box number four <laughs> next week. So... Uh, He'll have to be on his medal at the start.
1: He sure will. The other run of the night, look, it could almost be one of the runs of the year, I guess, up there. And it does get my run of the week. I'm giving a heads up on my show this morning. Feral Frankie, uh, absolutely outstanding, amazing run.
0: He's becoming uh, somewhat of a cult following Greyhound because of the, pretty much because of the name. and. People are saying now in the pubs and clubs, go the feral. So the race caller had to throw that in on Thursday night. And as you say, like, he was the run of the night. Uh, About second or third last away. cop trouble at the first turn. Was able to get balance from that back sixth early. Got into third down the back, probably standing the leaders up about nine to ten lengths. Mm. And was able to to run them down and run away over the final part. Ferrell Frankie, what a performance. And... uh, Again, we, we Queenslanders have given him the visitor's box, box number five. So he's obviously a, a hit-and-miss greyhound at the start, so he's going to be have to be on his medal. These guys, as we said, these other greyhounds can run 29, 53 and 54. So uh, he's going to have to be on his medal there from Box 5 next Thursday night.
1: He sure will. And look, we just don't have time to talk about the other five runners, but they were three great runs on the night. But you've also got the Gold Cup final to be run over the 710 metres. Um, another interesting final and Tornado Tears, is finally drawn near the rails. Do you think he can do it, John?
0: I think he can go back to back. Of course, he won the, uh, the Gold Cup this time last year when he was in sparkling form when he mm. broke the track record and... Uh, uh, you may have noticed in the calls there on Thursday night that uh, the race caller was a bit biased when the Queen plant has won the two <laughs> heats there, Bago Bluff and Bago Bye Bye. We took our opportunity to sprout, but uh, Bago, and I was talking to Darren Russell after the event, and he said that he probably want his, uh, the Greyhounds, the two Greyhounds, probably boxes reversed. Right. So Bago Bluff probably not suited in the one, Bago Bye Bye would probably be better suited in the one. But I think Tornado T is perched up in box number two. We're going to see the real Batman next week, and I think he can return to the winning list.
1: Let's hope he can. Um, just It would be an outstanding story as well, like you say, back-to-back. Back. It's hard to win these races as it is, but to do it two years running. But um, they go bye-bye. Didn't have much luck in the Sandown Cup, but um, we saw him brilliant over the sprint at the Meadows earlier in the year. Then we've got some other great Victorians, and I don't mean to be biased either, John, it's just a fact. (laughs) Um, Dinah Chancer, um, this greyhound ran second in the the Sale Cup, and he's been racing in terrific fashion. Uh, Pepper Tide made the Sandown Cup as well. Poco Dorado, I mean, it's just the New South Wales pin-up greyhound, and you've got an outstanding field here just in itself.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of depth there, as you say. It's state versus state, dog versus dog next week. And Dinah uh, Chance, that didn't have a lot of luck off the eight, was caught deep last night. Pepper tied as the young greyhound coming through. Really raced well last uh, on the Thursday night, uh, going really, really well, running a place there. And uh, as you say, Poco Dorado, we finally saw the real Poco Dorado mm. a fortnight ago at Albion Park uh, win away from home in that origin staying race. And. Uh, to probably get a good run across following Bago Bye Bye across at the start. So, no doubt she's going to be in it up to her ears as well.
1: Well, there's plenty of value in the Stayers race. Um, you've got Stevic, Stavri- I should say, sorry, at um, $81 at the moment, Infrared Lad at 51 and Peppatite at 51 So, Bago Bluff at 21 off the red. So, I know Tornado Tears is probably going to stifle the betting somewhat, but plenty of value for the other runners.
0: Yes, I, I'm going to go tornado. Oh, sorry, tornado tears on top
1: Right. with a healthy
0: respect for the Queenslander. Bay go bye bye, and uh, probably Dinachancer or Poco Dorado. Just how I see Poco Dorado gets out because I see infrared lad drawn on Poco Dorado's outside, and uh, infrared lad might cut Poco Dorado off early. So that will give the inside brigade a, a good run through at the start. So. That sways me to Batman, number two Tornado Tears in the Gold Cup final.
1: Uh, well, you've got Batman and you've got the Feral, the two cold cult, yeah. cult heroes. <laughs> uh, it sounds like it's going to be, it's just the making of a terrific final night there next Thursday night, John. But Queensland's really, gee, you've really upped the ante, haven't you? You've got some terrific prize money that's being offered.
0: Yes, yeah, Simone, uh, Racing Queensland has uh, just uh, announced a $10.5 million a package across the three racing codes and uh, a 1.5 share of that going to, to the greyhound industry and uh, they've upped uh, the ante on normal race prize money. The appearance money has gone up for the greyhounds uh, turning up at the racetrack and also that in rather large injection of funds going into the Flying Amy Classic uh, and Racing Queensland at the Brisbane Club are going to honour that in this series, making it Group 1 prize money of $110,000 overall with $75,000 to the winner next Thursday night and also they've announced the the Ipswich Cup will get a prize money uh, increase and uh, they run that in November later on in the year uh, just prior to the Melbourne Cup and that will also be having group 1 prize money of $110,000 with $75,000 going to winning connections so It's certainly on and up at the moment in Queensland greyhound racing and with some of the performances by local greyhounds last night, let's hope we can keep the money here in Queensland and not give it to you (laughs) southerners.
1: Well, that time will tell. We'll have to wait and see for that, John. But it's been wonderful having you on the show this morning. Thank you for your time and we look forward to hearing your calls next Thursday night.
0: Simone, it's been my pleasure. Away in racing and Kuzma bounced well from down near the inside. Zanti Mann began quickly and then wanted to crash to the outside as Kuzma goes through down near the rail. Favourite strikes the lead by length over Tex Ribs. All the leaders wandering about then hope to win. Just Harry, Zanti Mann running on La Caprice and hope to win right down the centre. It's Kuzma. Well, he's all over the place, but he's too quick for them. Kuzma, probably one of the most erratic wins you'll see. Won it by three quarters of a length to Zanti
1: Man. And James sums it up perfectly there. Kuzma, the greyhound that just was all over the place but finished it off with a win. And joining me now is the owner of Kuzma, Jess Hopkins. Good morning, Jess. Good morning, Simone. How are you? I'm great. How's Kuzma? Um, I know you've retired him since that run. Yes, he's good. He comes
2: home in the next week or so when we give his sisters back to the trainer. Um, but, yeah, he'll just come home and live out a life of luxury on the couch.
1: <laughs> he's a very lucky dog. He's got a very colourful CV as well, hasn't he? He does. He does. We've thought numerous
2: times of retiring him, and but he's passed every satisfactory first go, and he never showed anything before his first race.
1: But he, he's shown that he has got stacks of ability, but it's um, not where he wants to be on the racetrack, obviously.
2: No, the racing game's unfortunately not for him. Um, but, yeah, he... He's the fastest dog I've had, without
1: a doubt, but, um, yeah, it's just unfortunate he doesn't want to do it. It is. It must be, um, not heartbreaking, but it must be very disappointing as well as a bit funny, I guess, for you, um, just disappointing that you've got a greyhound that you've saved a name up for as well, um, has got ability and it's come to this. Yeah, well, we wiped
2: him down as well, so we've had him since the day he was born, so, um, the first time he did it, we were really down in the dumps, Mum and I um we didn't know what to do really, and then Kim and Rod suggested um sending him to them and sort of to get him away from us for a bit so if a change would work um obviously it didn't in the end, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, i you do have to laugh, so.
1: Yeah. <laughs> you do. Um, he obviously likes holidays, this greyhound, because in nine months he's only had the six starts. But the fashion that he went out with at that run at Hillsville, um, turning back on the field as if to say, well, I've got it. Look how I've done it. It was like the biggest, um, oh, well, I, I won't say what I've got in my mind, but he was just saying, I can do this and, and look at the rest of you. Oh, no, we were
2: halfway up. Mum and I were watching in the lounge room at home, actually, and we looked at each other and said, that's it. He's retired, no more. And then we just started cheering for him. Cause we wanted him <laughs> to go out on a win.
1: <laughs> well, he certainly did that. But he's a litter of um, one of a member of six out of the litter. How are the other um, siblings going, Jazz?
2: Um, we've got two, the two bitches, um, Satisha and Trubel. Um, Satisha's she's very very quick early. Um, she's just run the eight eighteen at Warrigal um, over the four hundred. So she sort of got. She's got the grunt of the litter too. She's um she's a good chaser. Uh not like her brother.
3: No. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and Truebell, she she's got ability too. She just um she hurt herself in the Judy Haley Memorial final, so she's having her first roll back tomorrow actually. So but the other three in the litter I know one is with Stephen Kuriakopoulos. um, Billy's missile. He's just been injury prone, but he's got ability as well.
1: So, yeah. Oh, well, it sounds like there's some hope there for the bitches in the, the litter anyway that you've got, that um, if you can keep some consistency up and keep them racing, that you might have some handy chasers there. But now with Kuzma, you've mentioned he's going to spend the rest of his life as a pet with you on your couch, but you've also um, had him, he's been with some vet students, hasn't he, that they've been able to go over him and have a look and he's sort of been perfect for that. Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, Ray Ferguson and Barry Haywood do a little vet student course they get the students out to learn about greyhounds um, and they do it at Sandown actually and we just Ray rang us up and said can you please um, bring a race dog in for us and so we took Cruz Marine, his name's Duke um, and he just, he just loved it, he thought he was getting a massage the whole time <laughs> getting checked by all these vet students <laughs> their only issue was how big he is, they struggled to stand over the top of him but he, he's just the best dog, he really
1: is Oh, well, Jess, it sounds like there's plenty of life for him um, after racing, his very short racing career, and uh, no doubt he'll have a great life with you, but you never know. He might be a bit of a pin-up boy somewhere, and um, if you can do things like that with vet students, um, that's fabulous.
2: Yeah, he's great. Even my little cousin, who's six, um, like he just was her. He, he's just a, He's the best dog. He really is. He's got the best nature, so... Just a
1: racing game wasn't for him, unfortunately. No, it so. wasn't. But um, at least he went out with that very colourful win and a, a great memory for you all. So thanks for joining us on Talking Greyhounds this morning, Jess. No worries.
0: Thanks for having me. RSN seven's Talking Greyhounds with Simone Fisher.
1: It was National Volunteer Day a couple of weeks ago and our industry cannot survive without the dedicated volunteers that help us with the Greyhound Adoption Program but also the other rehoming agencies and people like Briley Bailey who's joining me now on Talking Greyhounds. Good morning, Briley. Good morning, Simone. Great to have you on the show and um, look, your input to the, as, long, as well as so many other people has been absolutely fabulous but can you just tell us about how you became involved with Racing to Rehome? Um, so, Racing to Re- I
3: first started um, with Racing to Home. I started in January last year. Um, prior to that, I was with GAP, the Greyhound Adoption Program, um, and I just felt that, you know, I could be better help with um, a smaller group that could, um, you know, use my time.
1: The interesting thing, though, is that you never wanted to have anything to do with greyhounds, did you?
3: No, I didn't. I'll um I'll put my hand up in shame there that I was one of those people who believed um everything that you read or the bad things you read about greyhounds and my husband has always wanted a pet greyhound and he wore me down and wore me down so we took the trip up to Gap um to meet Dasha, our boy that we still have now. And um even once I saw him I wasn't in love. Um the lady there that um that served us, Pam, and she said to me Oh, love, they're like potato chips. You can't just stop at one. I'll think to myself, I don't even want this one. <laughs> um, we got him home and not a true word was spoken. Two weeks later, I knew that um, I wanted my second one and I have two now. And plus, um, fostered uh, 24 greyhounds since January last
1: year. The amazing statistic of those 24 greyhounds, Briley, is that 23 of them have been cat friendly. Uh, what surprised you about this breed and what's the key to getting a greyhound cat friendly?
3: Um, I just think it's, uh, well, at Racing to Rehome, um, the greyhounds aren't put into kennels. So they're actually brought into our homes and treated as part of the family. So they have the structure and the routine that um, your own dog would have. Um, so they come in and they're part of the family. So they learn to be around the other animals. They learn off uh, my pet dog. As well, and um, you know and it's not just about having a uh, cat friendly dog it's also about having dog friendly cats as well so um, it works it works both ways so I'm really lucky my cats uh, are really really good um, so yeah so it's bringing them into your home showing them the love and 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 things like that
1: and the other interesting fact is that some of these greyhounds that you've brought into your home that have been ended up being cat friendly are ones that have previously not being cat-friendly and being assessed in other areas and um, it's looked like they've had a high prey drive. So definitely what you're doing and I think just bringing them into that domestic environment with children, with just the daily routine, people coming and going, it must make a huge difference. I do. I,
3: I think it makes a, a tremendous difference. You know, some dogs just don't cope in, in a kennel situation um, and that's, that's fine. Um, they need that more one-on-one uh, care and love to to really thrive and and i've shown that with you know sort of more than half of um of my 23 cat friendlies have been assessed in other areas and 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 have failed so um yeah so it's, it, it just shows that giving them that extra time and love you know they can become you know fantastic pets
1: what's been the biggest challenge for you with fostering dogs
3: Um, I think my biggest challenge is not wanting to keep them all. Oh, right. That's a good one. (laughs) Because, you know, of course, you know, you fall in love with them. They're in your home. So, um, it does make it hard not wanting, you know, not keeping them all. Um, but I think, you know, the biggest challenge is, you know, being a part of a small group. Um, you know, you know, the support and, um, you know, we have to fundraise and things like that. So, I think that's the biggest challenge with fostering is, um, you know, getting the support and, and, and things like that behind behind the group.
1: And you've mentioned that trainers can actually help. Um, you're happy to take greyhounds on, but if trainers could have their dogs to sex before putting them into the program with you, that's a huge cost that um, is offset. And I guess it's another step closer as well, isn't it?
3: Well, that's exactly right. Um, you know, like a lot, of, um, a lot of these smaller groups, they have such a long waiting list um, to bring these greyhounds in because obviously we don't have the... The foster care network, the foster care network that the um, bigger groups have, um, or as many fosterers that are willing to foster. Um, so we have a big waiting list, and we've got to have the money to be able to get the vet work done for the greyhounds. obviously, if the greyhounds are already to sex, then that um, you know really helps us, you know, cost wise, um, and then the greyhound wouldn't be on our waiting list for as long.
1: And Briley, finally, what's been the most rewarding aspect for you for fostering in fostering greyhounds?
3: Um, it's, it's seeing these dogs, you know, um, when you come in, like I've had dogs come in that I haven't been able to get near in two weeks. They've just been that, um, you know, that timid and that sad. And then when you see these babies go off to their new homes um, and really thrive in, you know, in day-to-day life, that's the most rewarding thing. So, you know, having the 24 greyhounds go off, you know, to their new homes, that's the most
1: rewarding part. Uh, it's fabulous news, and just as a trainer from a trainer's perspective, I just want to put it out there as well that um you know some, most trainers, our greyhounds, it's the routine that they have at home and they love it and they thrive on it and it is going out into the big wide world can be daunting so um they do get a lot of love and care from most of the trainers um, but it's just that whole upheaval of a, a change of life that they're not used to that can sometimes you know seem very daunting. but people like you, Briley, that um put your hand out put your uh, hand out there and grab the dogs and do this wonderful work we just couldn't do it without you
3: oh thank you so much simone i I wouldn't have it any other way like i really love what i do and like i said seeing them go to their new homes it's, it's so worth it
1: oh good work keep up the good work
3: thanks simone
1: it's the expert pick
0: simone's run of the week Racing Feral Frankie about third last away. Glorious Ismere came out running over Justice Style. Good odds, Megan. Down the outside was Whiskey Ride. Going a bit deep there. Checking Feral Frankie. Well back. Kendall and Chairman Jack running down the back. Glorious Ismere. Four lengths in front over Good Odds Megan. Five away. Feral Frankie. Followed by Kendall. Then came Whiskey Ride. Chairman Jack and Justice Style. Glorious Ismere going strongly before the corner. Good odds, Megan. Here's Feral Frankie. The putter's cheer. Go the Feral. That's a big win. Feral Frankie got up to beat. Glorious Ismere.
1: And I don't think anyone would deny me picking a Queensland run for run of the week this week. It was an outstanding effort from Feral Frankie at Albion Park on Thursday night, and also a top call there from John Brash. Last week's dog to follow, Mr. Harlwood won again at the Meadows last Saturday night in impressive fashion in 29.79. He's in again tonight, race five. My dog to follow this week is Webleck Jack, who's now had five starts for two wins, no placings as yet, but has had, has early pace and won at Horsham on Tuesday by almost eight lengths in 27.34. He's engaged tonight at the Meadows, a race 10, box three. I also have another dog to follow, and that's Mpunga Cruiser, who had his second start for as many wins at Warrnambool on Thursday night in 25.01. My best bet tonight is race 12, number three, Mapunga Maggie at the Meadows. She's having her first start there uh, and has plenty of early pace, comes off a last start win at Sandown in 29.54. Plenty coming up, the Greyhound Adoption Day next weekend at Sandown. The Bendigo Cup Eats are not far away and the Queensland features next Thursday night. But until next week, you keep those tails wagging.